folks, thank you for joining me for this uh, second episode of Meet Me in the Middle, a new XN radio podcast seeking to foster positive political dialogue and get to the nuances of complex situations. Today I got my friend uh, Lauren Ratcliffe on. Hello. And today we're going to talk about uh, family and culture. I'm going to introduce our uh, subject today a little more uh, briefly for many of you listening. It's going to be about a couple of uh, things in specific. So today our culture... Uh, we have a concept of Americana that we associate with the uh, later half of the 20th century with a picturesque portrait of the nuclear family. With that, a stable society and good, hardworking Americans living in their great nation, triumphant after the end of the Second World War. When we as a nation look ourselves in the collective mirror of our reality, we're far from that ideal. I see there's a lot of nostalgia for the orderly nature of times past, but that nostalgia can be misleading. Families are changing. And quite frankly, the odds are stacked against them. Families are wrestling with insane cost of living increases, especially if we only count the current year. Unfortunately, wages have not kept pace with inflation for the last several decades, forcing both parents to pull themselves up by their bootstraps and have to work. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, about 50% of families have both parents working. And this statistic was from uh, 2021. With that, half of marriages are ending in divorce. Now, there's not necessarily uh, too much of concrete evidence that they both tie into each other, but the reason most people get divorced is financial issues. And with that, uh, economic insecurity definitely exasperates that alarming statistic. There's an obligation for parents to provide for their family, and they face tremendous strains in doing so. It's not easy. In this episode, we're going to talk a lot about these challenges, the effect of having parents away from the home, and some possible solutions to ponder on. So, uh, Lauren, uh, do you mind telling uh, my audience a little bit more um, about yourself? Um, So I am a ministry to women major. I am a second semester senior. So at this point, I've completed all of my major classes with the lovely Dr. Pam McCray. We're both graduating this semester. (laughs) Woo! And I am interested in this topic and how our culture um, affects our women in their everyday lives. So... A lot of the big things that we're facing nowadays is the concept of the family seems to be getting eroded by cultural pressure, but also mainly economic. So what would you say uh, from your perspective, uh, how is the nuclear family or the concept of it kind of eroding? Um, I think that we see it in um, just how we look at family in general. Um, It's not considered a value anymore. Often, like, if we're talking specifically from the woman's perspective, um, I, as a woman, when I say things like, oh, I want to be a stay-at-home mom, I want to stay at home and take care of my children, many, um, primarily women, will say to me, oh, you don't have a career aspiration, you don't want to go work, and um, and to that, that communicates to me that um, working in the home is not valuable, and... Um, Therefore, there's some level of that the household and family is not valued in our culture. And we also see that in many of our uh, public schools being run against the wishes of parents, teaching things that parents are not comfortable with, and actively shutting parents down when they request to stop. There have been many instances where uh, parents have tried to confront their school boards and say, hey, this content is really inappropriate. And the school board, instead of saying, 
oh, I don't I don't know how that even got in there. Let's fix that problem. They say, oh, that curriculum is too inappropriate to read here. And they shut the Nike off of the parent and they ask them to leave. Yeah. So there's a lot of issues going on, especially with our school systems and all that. At this moment, uh, we're, we're utilizing the public school system as sort of a daycare for our youth of our nation. With both parents having to work oftentimes, there's nobody at home to take care of the kids. Unless you're one of the lucky few that has a relative nearby or living with them who can help step up and fulfill that role of caretaker, especially when the kids are young. Uh, so primarily, we're as a society, we're economically allowing uh, the raising of our kids to be done by somebody else. And there is a place for education in the, in the lives of students. It's necessary for us to have a literate society that can also understand critical thinking and do proper math and understand how the world works and why it for sure is not flat. Um, so there's a role in that. But when we ha we take things too far and put in a lot of political ideologies into our curriculum, not necessarily even from the, from only only the the left, but the right does this too with whitewashing a history to minimize the impacts that America has had on the world, both for good and for bad, we need to avoid that kind of reactionary crusade against education. But more so, we need to emphasize the importance of the family in the development of functional citizens and functional members of their society. Lauren, we both grew up in a heavily uh, technological world, and we were exposed to ideas that you previously weren't exposed to in an isolated town. Lauren grew up in a mid-sized town in Illinois, and I grew up uh, closer to the city uh, here. So we have different perspectives. But more so, Lauren, how would you say um, that our society has failed women as you were growing up? I actually think that society started failing women long before my time. Um, if we look at the history of feminism, now I'm not a feminist, um, I think that there's a lot of reasons to not be a feminist as a Christian woman. Um, uh, one of them being how pro-abortion they are. <laughs> but um, I think that um, while things such as the right to own property, the right to vote, I think that those are positive contributions from the feminist movement. The um, primarily goal, primary goal of the uh, feminist movement from its inception um, was taken out of the Enlightenment um, and focused on uh, the autonomy of women rather than um, their uh, uh, intrinsic, intrinsic value and capabilities as a image bearer. So um, to break that down a little bit more, um, the a lot of the focus of the women's feminist movement has been not so much about saying that women should be in the workforce because they are capable of being in the workforce. While that's true, um, a lot of it has become more so trying to fit women into the mold of the masculine workforce. Um, and I think that that um, takes away from women. So a lot of the um, goal has not been to say that women's work is valuable because they're image bearers, but rather women's work is, work is valuable because it can be done like men. And that's not the reality because men and women are different. 
and God made us that way. And that is um, it's a good thing that men and women are different. So um, I think that a better argument for women being able to be in the workforce, because I'm not against women being in the workforce as a whole. Um, I do think it's better for um, for children. It's been shown in studies to have a person at home. Um, I do think that um, from uh, scripture, uh, like Proverbs 31, Titus 2, um, where it talks a lot about women being in the home, that um, it... Um, and in general and natural human behavior um, that we have done for many, many years, sometimes for better and sometimes for worse, um, that it is um, that women are more inclined to that. Um, and I think that that is intentional um, by our Lord. But um, anyway, to uh, I think a better argument for women being in the workforce is not to say that women can do um everything a man can do except for in high heels and rather say because men and women are different we work differently therefore we should be able to learn how to work and co-labor together in building society um so an example of this would be that um men and women fundamentally think differently um in general women tend to be able to make uh, certain kinds of connections better than men um it's called web-based thinking um, and so that actually makes women pretty good managers um, because they can think, oh, there's this problem over here. There's this problem over here. How can we solve those problems? And looking at um, many, many different things and putting it all together. Um, so actually going off of the strengths of women and the strengths of femininity um, is a much better way to approach trying to get women into the workforce rather than what we've been doing, which is saying, oh, well, we just need to be the same as men when we don't need to be the same as men um, because we're not the same as men. We're different and it's OK and it's good. Um, and I think that we've really lost that in our society. And I think that um, it has bled over into a devaluation of the family because when we um, – ripped having women out of the home we said that your work in the home is not valuable therefore it should not be done anymore and um the reason that it was not valuable was because it was not the work that men were doing lauren's absolutely right here that it's important for us to want equality but also more so embrace our, ourselves and our differences that by in, in no means is a characterization that's saying that women should not be this paid the same as men there is absolutely a, a crisis in pay uh, but that's just not necessarily only indicative of, of gender difference it's a it's a problem with our own uh, capitalist and society that's an episode for another day um but the importance of this is we have to embrace our our families and the ideas of raising families, at least in our generation. I assume we're both Gen Z. I think we are. Um, yes, we are. We're, we're right there on that cutoff <laughs> between uh, Gen Z and millennials. Um, but yeah, the important, uh, importance in our generation is to reconnect with the importance of our humanity. Our humanity is to care, to be made in the image of God, and through that image to tend to our families. Something that we face is also a devaluation of men and masculinity. So, ironically, ironically, yes, it's, it's both. So Lauren will speak from the feminine perspective. I'll speak from the from the limited aspect I have on the masculine perspective, uh, and we will try to come up with some consent—not consensus, but some some direction. Uh, 
oftentimes we were so we were told that uh, women needed to be like men to to work like men and be better than men and men were left without a direction while there was dominance still in the workforce back in the day when we talked about the concept of nuclear family in the 50s you could live off of one income you could have a house your wife didn't have to work she could tend to the kids and that was nice uh, that was also exasperated by a lot of union membership in those jobs back in the day, which did uh, leverage some, some bargaining power and increase of wages. Uh, also, this was off, this was there was it was impacted by post World War II price controls and all that. It's a whole whole thing we can get into, but naturally wages did not rise in pace with inflation. So as inflation went up, our we decided that it be it collectively as Americans that it'd be better for our people to buck up and pick themselves up by their own bootstraps to succeed. And naturally, with that, both parents have to work. And if both parents have to work, then families are not necessarily present for each other. The parents will get back home from work. They'll still have to do their household chores and all of that. And if they don't have any help, then that kid is, they all have their the their odds stacked against them. And without parents in the home, our boys face a crisis of identity, of masculinity, where they see their peers told that, oh, Oh, you women can be better. Uh, you can be like men. You can be greater. And our attention goes towards breaking that glass ceiling. And however noble that goal is, which I would say that it is, we neglect our, our men. We ne neglect our boys and the development of them as into productive and honorable men of our society. We allow them to be influenced by whatever we allow online to where they are subject to ideologies like the, uh, I don't know if any of you have seen this or if you have Lauren, the, uh, uh, the Sigma male mindset. It's a, Oh, no. To where the identity of a man, at least in meme culture, uh, which does impact our development, unfortunately, uh, is that a man is assertive, gives no damn about anybody, and takes what is rightfully his. And See, that's, a, that's an alpha male. A Sigma right. male is actually different than that. Oh, do tell. <laughs> a, a Sigma male. So an alpha male is like, oh, I'm going to be able to get all the girls if I just am assertive and aggressive and all of that. And um, a Sigma male says, I'm just going to be a lone wolf and I'm just going to do my own thing. <sighs> Wise words. Wise words spoken. And uh, so it's kind of a rejection of the alpha male, but they also, I think that they also wish that they were the alpha male. Kind of like an incel. Very similar. Oh, boy. We have plenty of those <laughs> nowadays. And for those of you uninitiated, uninitiated incel is a term that means involuntary. For those of you uninitiated, that term means involuntary. Involuntary celibate. Yes. Someone I'm... who wishes that they were getting all the chicks, but they're not. That's... And I say chicks because that's the word that they would use. I would not use the word chicks myself. And chicken tendies, but. <laughs> but naturally, that that those kinds of loner ideologies are growing amongst our boys. You see, right now in our uh, generation, majority of the school shootings are done by boys. Uh, a lot of them have tie-in with incel ideologies or radical right-wing ideologies for the most part. And that's because these groups uh, provide a sense of meaning and community for these boys. However insidious their goals may be, needless to say, there is community there where there is not elsewhere. Uh, you can see that easily by test scores and all that. Women, girls tend to 
score higher in math and reading. Boys have been dropping off like like flies in test scores. Uh, there's a lot of help for women, and that's good. We should have that. But our efforts, unfortunately, aren't as concentrated on formulating young boys to to become men. And so if you have that lack of manhood in the house, uh, if the dad isn't there to help uh, raise them, if there's no male figure in the house, they're lost and growing in an identity they don't understand. Uh, naturally, we're all built different, and mothers can do an amazing job at raising kids by themselves. But it's not the ideal. So we have a boy crisis where our boys don't don't have direction. There's no no one to guide them. And their masculine urges of being aggressive and being playful and rowdy are very much discouraged for multiple reasons. Uh, and there's no way to help to let that out healthily besides maybe sports every now and then uh, or video games. But that's no so sociological uh, tool for our kids to develop. Uh, Lauren, do you have any thoughts on that? I think that um, if we're talking about the way that um, this affects women, um, for one thing, it does make women more vulnerable um, in many ways. Um, men who don't have fathers are more likely to end up in prison. Uh, women who don't have fathers are more likely to end up as single mothers um, because they will go off, try to find a man that they um, that will take care of them. They end up having a baby and then he leaves. Um, and then you end up with yet another little boy who has a single mother and ends up becoming that father that left him. And um, it does continue to go on and on. Uh, I had said before, I used the word ironically, that we, um, when you had said that we don't uh, value masculinity. And um, I said that because we only value masculinity when women are doing masculinity. So um, we take that, we try to take that aggression and uh, just repress it for little boys. But for women, we say, oh, rah, rah, you keep going, you keep uh, being a girl boss. And um uh, you be assertive, you be aggressive, you be dominant um, and smash the patriarchy and using all of these, quite frankly, aggressive words um, to talk about women going into the workforce. And um, I do think that that is part of what um, part of how we have taken a positive masculinity away from men is that um, we've said, oh, well, we can do it instead, but we can do it in high heels. So we'll do it better, actually. Um, but you can't because you're a woman and you're not a man. And um, it's important to have both in our society and to, um, as Genesis 3 says, be fruitful and multiply. Um, you know, uh, yeah, that's all. Yeah, and with that as well, uh, when we value masculinity and the feminine, at the same time, we devalue the masculine and the masculine. Um, so if you if you're if you're hearing rah rah femininity rah rah women, but often but then you turn around and tell the little boy uh, men are trash all the time, men are trash this, men are awful. What is the what is, what picture does that paint for that that uh, growing boy? That they're just going to grow up and be trash, and then. There's no incentive to improve. You only present a negative out, a negative outcome, and say, "This is your absolute future. You are trash in comparison to these women." And there's no ideal of you. You may have some stuff you need to work out right now as a kid and grow, um, but there's no direction. There's no honorable goal to grow to. 
Uh, no emphasis on, hey, you should be better because you should be able to uh, take care of yourself and take care of the people you care about. Uh, because the role of a man is to be a, a protector, to be a guardian, to be a provider. Uh, and oftentimes we neglect that saying, you got, you're just trash. Forget you. What, what do you matter? And what does that do for our society? That creates a whole legion of young men with no direction, with feeling purposelessness, feeling like trash. And that's how you have... That's how, you, that's how you breed a generation of school shooters, how you breed a generation of, uh, of loners, a generation of people without direction, of people without motivation or hope for a future if you just tell them they are trash. And that's why the, why the family is so, so important to bridge that gap, to nurture the development of the child, both male and female, to the desire that God wants them to be to be made and conform to his image and love and to honor their fellow image bearers. Where do we even begin? I don't know. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I think that um, one of the first solutions is even admitting that we have a problem um, in our society comes down to needing to value families and children again. Um, we don't care. We've established that as a culture, we don't care about our family and we don't care about children. Um, our culture is also very self-centered. Um, so a lot of, um, I feel like whenever I'm online, if I get content from someone who is a mother, uh, it's usually them complaining about their kids. Um, and there's some level of people like to be negative, so they're going to be negative online. But there's another level where it is it seems to be the constant attitude that your kids are exhausting and they take away from time for yourself and um, all of that when that shouldn't be our perspective. Um, we should see our um, uh, see motherhood and fatherhood as um, giving of yourself and sacrificing for your children and serving your children um, and uh you know, especially for for Christians, uh, that it's a way of serving the Lord and discipling and ministering to your children. Yes, and with that, yeah. uh, we have the the flip side on, on the masculine. Um, we'd get content that says uh, to chase the next big promotion, to chase the next big uh, salary, money, money, money. It's all about getting the money. I got to get this bread, and oftentimes, yeah, we do. But that becomes our sole focus. If we're not talking money. We're not going to be talking. The, the embracing of the, uh, the male capitalist, the male self-starter, the hustler, uh, to where the focus on the masculine is how big is your paycheck? What's your uh, return on, on investment? How's your portfolio doing? Uh, you hear about this new stock, uh, buying this crypto? And our, our whole perception of ourselves becomes entirely transactional, economical. Uh, while, yes, providing is important, if we don't have a direction of why, why it's important to provide, why it's important to work, uh, then it's mindless and lonely. We don't emphasize the importance of being a, a good father. Uh, I think we're starting to, to turn, the, uh, turn the tail on that one and maybe head in the right direction of our generation, hopefully. But we lack that emphasis of Men need to be there for their families. They need to care. They need to be able to show emotion. 
and help their families grow as well. Uh, that it's not just all about being the stoic provider, uh, off in the corner emotionally isolated, but being present with them emotionally. And oftentimes, uh, at least when families have kids, the women, t- the, the woman will typically scale down her involvement in work and drastically increase her involvement at home. And the male will increase his involvement at work, but not necessarily be able to increase his involvement at home. This can be exasperated by socioeconomic circumstances where we have to live off two incomes for the most part, uh, unless you're, you come from generational wealth or you get an incredibly good job. And we just lack the infrastructure to support families. Oftentimes, uh, if you have a lot of kids, you got to stick with the insurance plan. And if you got a job that uh, takes you away from the house a lot but gives you a really good plan and or makes it a little bit better on you, you're kind of stuck. Uh, there's a lack of competition with insurances, and we can get into that a whole different day. But we're tied economically to our job, to the wage, to retirement funds, to insurance. And we oftentimes can't move if we have big families or make the decisions that would impact our involvement more at home to, to help us be there for our kids. Because we need that insurance. We need that job. We need the money. If we um, spend a little bit of time looking back on when the single-income household was more possible, um, an important thing about that time period was that having a single-income household was a value and something that was important to people. Um, whereas now it's not, it's, um, it's all about women being able to work and be moms, um, you know, uh, doing all of the things. <laughs> um, so even though it is very common for women to, uh, decrease their work and spend more time at home, which personally, I do think that that is a positive thing. Um, if you weren't able to gather through some of the things I've already said, but, um, I do think that that is a positive thing. Um, but um, there's, there is the negative of men having to um, drastically increase their time um, uh, at work. Um, that being said, I, I am still very inclined to say that it is a cultural problem because if you value family, you will make family part of your life. And if we as a culture value family, then we will make decisions politically and um, as corporations um, to help those employees um, and their families. So what I mean by this is I I have a dad who has worked really hard. He would travel most of the time. Um, but he was someone who was still very present in my life because he made it a priority. Um, and he, it was a decision that he had to make, um, but it was a decision that he made. And I do think that it's possible to make that decision. Um, that being said, if people aren't even taught that that is a decision that they should be making, um, or we have corporations that do not care about you or your family, um, then that decision is going to be exponentially harder to make. Um, so while on the one hand, I do believe that individuals need to make that decision. And the more that individuals do, the more cultural pressure there will be to, um, to continue to make that life possible. Um, so I don't think that women, uh, should have to stay home, especially if, um, you don't have children. Um, I think that working can be a very positive thing for women. I think it can be the po- a positive thing for the workforce. Um, but I do think that um, 
being able to have a single income household is a positive thing for both women and men and their children. Um, so that's what I got. For our anti-capitalist uh, revolutionaries out there, if you want to empower the worker, empower the family. Oftentimes we associate, we could easily see that in our society right now. Um, there was such an emphasis to empower the women in our society to be pushed for legislation, for policies to be enacted to favor the women in the workforce, to let them have a, a chance to be as be as successful as men are. And I would say we have succeeded as a society because there was that pressure, that pressure from pe people who cared, both in the legislative world and in the corporate world, pushing for reform that empower the woman to be able to work and get promotions. While there might be still some problem with pay, the... It is. It is. It will be getting better in the future. At least we're optimists here on the podcast. So, uh, but if you want to empower the working class, you don't do that by having a revolution. Empower the family. Start slow. Start from the smallest economic unit. Help the individual people to be able to spend time with their family. And naturally, with that, we'll be able to liberate our society into more of a, a human-centered economy where we value our families, we value our people. We value our humanity and as Christians value ourselves as the image of God, not by working, working hard for the next 60 years of your life uh, to maybe retire, but to probably not count on Social Security. And hopefully you set up that Roth IRA and when you were 20, focusing our efforts to honor the humanity of our uh, fellow creation. So, Lauren, do you have any uh, closing thoughts? Yeah, I think the main thing that I wanted to hit on was just that there are economic factors but if we if we don't even care about the economic factors and we just keep things the way that they are then the economic factors are never going to get better yes <laughs> yes <laughs> we have to care in order to fix things and we have to realize that this is actually a problem instead of continuing the way that we're going where we just keep saying, no, no, you will be so much happier if you stay in corporate America for the rest of your life. I don't think Jesus sat down in a cubicle to make a bunch of cold calls to <laughs> ha to get ready for the quarterly report for uh, the, the, the board meeting with all the uh, shareholders uh, in uh, the heavenly kingdom. Mm -hmm. Needless to say, I guess the main consensus in this podcast right now in this episode is there's more to life than nine to five yes there's family and there can be liberation in community mm -hmm. and for our generation that lacks the community and that finds it through parasocial relationships online or isolation and uh, lurking embrace your calling as an image bearer to love god and love others um, I feel like women are pressured to have a career in a specific way and to follow a specific pattern, even though um, feminism tries to say that um, women should be able to do whatever they want. The reality is, is that um, like when I got married while I was still in school, there were many women who asked my mom if I was still going to graduate because I got married. And um, it was not a, it, it was a judgmental question when they asked that. 
Um, and, um, I don't think that if you in the middle of college, uh, got married and decided not to graduate, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with saying, I want to be a stay at home wife and mom. And our culture will, um, will tell you that there is something wrong with that, but, um, it's okay to have that desire and, um, you, don't have to listen to people when they look at you weird and they say you're weird for um, not having a sp- specific career and just saying that um, uh, and saying that because that work is valuable. The work of the home um, is incredibly valuable. It is a service um, and we don't value it in our culture because it doesn't make people money. But um, that doesn't take away from the fact that um, – Doing the dishes when your husband is tired and can't do it, it doesn't take away from the value of that work. Um, now – I do dishes too. <laughs> usually my husband does the dishes. Uh, now, if you, a woman, say that you don't want to get married and you don't want to have children, that is also okay. Um, I don't think that your value and your worth is only in um, in having children and getting married – Um, and it's okay to say that you want to work. Um, but I think that there is, I think that there's an immense amount of cultural pressure to say that it's cool to reject, uh, quote unquote, traditional gender roles. Um, but I think that, um, they're, I do think that there's some level that they're there for a reason and that they're good for society and they're good for us. Um, but, um, your worth is not your worth and value is not derived specifically from your career or from um, or whether or not you stay at home. Your worth and value is derived from the fact that you are an image bearer. Um, so feel free to just do what God has called you to do and do so faithfully, um, regardless of what uh, the culture says that you should be doing um, and um, what the culture values. All right, then. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for uh, joining me today, Lauren. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Meet Me in the Middle. I hope this was insightful in whatever way it can be. Uh, You'll probably be be listening to this after uh, the 21st of October when this episode is meant to premiere. Um, So tune in on uh, November fourth for the next installment of uh, meet me in the middle you can listen to us on spotify uh, apple music wherever you get your podcasts we should be on there Uh, and thank you so much for listening Uh, don't forget to register to vote that's coming up it's pretty important you should vote in whatever state you're in Uh, there'll be a link in the bio of this podcast for a link for you to register to find out how to register in your state Uh, and get out to vote it's very important All right, then. Well, I hope you guys have a great day wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening to it. And until next time, bye.